0: In the previous episode, I looked at the powerful grow model to help you set and achieve big goals. It's powerful because it can help you break down a seemingly impossible goal into something you can work on right now. It's all about taking that first step to close the gap on where you want to be. And you do this by creating a realistic plan so you can take action. If you've struggled with goals in the past, this short 13-minute masterclass will give you a framework. So go check it out. Are you feeling stuck in your career and life? I'm Chris, and in 2018, I was sick of my job, I quit, and I decided to go travelling around Asia. I wanted to do my own thing. After trying lots of different business ideas and (laughs) making a lot of mistakes along the way, I finally found a new path and qualified as a coach. This podcast is me documenting my journey as a coach on a mission to help you find a career that matters to you. And going beyond your career, you'll get all the tools you need to smash your personal projects too. Are you ready to close the gap on where you want to be? Let's go! Hi guys, it's Chris Holmes here. You're listening to the You in 5 Years podcast. On today's show we have Henry Munton, aka Fluidity, and he's had a number of releases on big drum and bass labels such as Integral and Goldie's Metalheads. As an artist who's performed in the UK, Australia and the Philippines, to support his passion for music, he's a part-time events manager and has worked with over 75 brands. I wanted to find out about Henry's music career and how he's able to balance his part-time work to pursue his passion for music. Hi Henry, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having me on Chris, appreciate it mate, it's nice to have a chat. Good to have you on the podcast and yeah, congrats on the EP on Integral, are you really happy with that? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was quite happy with it. Yeah, it was nice to finally have my own sort of solo OP on, uh, on vinyl, something that I've kind of wanted for a, for a long time, seeing as I kind of started on vinyl a good sort of 12
0: years ago. So yeah, it, was, um, it felt like quite a nice accomplishment. Yeah, amazing. And so could you tell our listeners then a bit about yeah how you got into music and then how you got to a point where you're getting releases on big drum and bass labels?
1: Yeah, so I guess, you know, it started for me when I was about sort of six or seven years old, I actually went to a choir school, you know, a long, long time ago. And yeah, I, I was you know, singing when we were doing music practice at seven in the clock in the morning and 7.30 at night every day, you know, so I, I kind of started and that was all kind of more classical music. Um, So I kind of started... Yeah, started there in terms of my actual musical education. And then I was a music scholar at my secondary school. So playing oboe and piano and a little bit of singing then, but not quite as much. But I um, remember that sort of time I started listening to sort of Fatboy Slim. I might have been maybe like eight or nine years old and remember that Fatboy Slim album. Just remember listening to that on repeat. And yeah, lots of... Breaksy kind of stuff, and then gradually kind of moved into drum and bass due to my brother sort of showing me. So, yeah, that was probably like 16, 17, and then started picking up DJing when I was 18, 19. I think I got my first decks when I was maybe 19. And I didn't actually start producing until sort of after university when I was maybe 22, 23. So, I started producing in February 2011, so 10 years. 10 years now so it's not been a, a short journey but it's um it's been nice to finally to to land on some of those labels like metalheads that you know i guess was always kind of like a bit of a dream to to release on you had a chance to meet goldie didn't you in uh, in thailand a few years ago I did and it's a shame he didn't because when we were out in out in Thailand and yeah it was pretty surreal wasn't it? I ended up you know he came I was staying in a kind of hostel quite nearby to where I was living and then he picked me up and then yeah we went back to his, his place out there and um, talked about music and I listened to some of his new projects and then I went and did yoga with him the following morning and it was yeah it was really inspirational really kind of incredible to see how his brain works with regards to music and how he kind of gets his ideas down yeah he's
0: big inspiration yeah you were talking about the producing and and I know that you uh, do some events on the side uh, kind of pre-covid times when events were happening and yeah you were using that as a way to have a bit more time to, to follow your passion of music could you tell our listeners yeah a little bit about that
1: yeah, basically just um I work for like a variety of sort of brands. Basically they just launch these experiential marketing campaigns whereby they want to sort of get their products out to the people and I basically manage those those campaigns. So, you know, some of the clients we've had are, you know, include Samsung, Ford, BMW, you know, some beauty brands, like a, a real kind of mixture of of different stuff. So, it works quite well, you know, combination with doing the music because I kind of, you know, I'm self-employed and I can kind of choose when I want to work. But there's a lot of traveling involved, which which I do enjoy. But at times, I think after a few years, you know, I've been doing that since sort of 2013 or so, you know, and it's it can be quite sort of tiring. I was actually doing a campaign for Rouse, which is like a honey brand well, and and Buckwood, which is a maple syrup brand and We were on the road for like you know two three months up and down the u k going to loads of air shows just promoting this maple syrup and honey and it was It was pretty long you know you literally from location to location, so I think sometimes it can be quite hard to kind of um balance it but it it seems to have worked so far and you know and i I seem to get enough time to work on my music and progress that. Also, I work with a lot of different people and I think that helps to sort of fuel the inspiration. You know, I think maybe if I was stuck in the same place all the time, you've got less things to kind of excite you. Whereas when I get back to doing my music making, because I've been away from it, when I come back, I'm really sort of gunning for it and I really kind of get stuck in.
0: Nice. So you mentioned that, yeah, it could be quite long traveling and being away. And so what was the split, would you say, between like working and being on the road to having time for the music?
1: I mean, it's probably 60 uh, sort of event management to sort of 40 music. But yeah, I mean, I do work on music when I am on the road. If Say if I'm in one spot for like, you know, two weeks, I was doing a campaign for boots and I was in Birmingham for a week, London for a week and Liverpool for a week. And, you know, when I'm somewhere for a week, I literally just set up my kit. I take, you know, a little portable keyboard with me and my audio interface and my headphones and I kind of do a couple of hours in the evening. Obviously, you know, most of those cities, I don't know many people and I go out a little bit and go and, go and train and go to the gym, but I normally have a few hours on my hands in the evening. So, you know, I just sort of crack on.
0: That's good, man. Well, how would you manage your finances during that time?
1: When I'm away, I I don't just do like a a Monday to Friday, sort of nine to five. I'll I'll work for maybe 14 days in a row, you know, so I won't have those two weekends. So by the time I've done like a longer campaign, I've made enough money that will cover me for the following month. So if I work, you know, so especially, I mean, with these Samsung campaigns that I've done, you know, we'll wait for some, sometimes six or seven weeks, you know, down in London or in Nottingham, So when I do those, I'm literally away for that period of time. And then when I come back, I've, you know, I've I've obviously saved a fair bit and I've got um, you know a month's worth of earnings to sort of sit on i mean the only thing is that although i do choose when i work in terms of being self-employed i think the work often chooses when i work you know because if these big campaigns come in it's not like a case of me going i don't really fancy that one <laughs> you know it's you know i need to pay the bills and the, uh, the music is starting to to generate much more income than it used to but it's still you know and obviously d- during covid i mean that's just non-existent on both on both sides there's you know just no events at the moment so
0: it's not ideal and how are you keeping inspired during these lockdown times? Because you, you, you put out an EP last year and yeah, I'm just wondering what you're doing to feel inspired. I read a lot. I, I read a lot of kind of a variety of different
1: books by a variety of authors uh, like Robert Green and Ryan Holiday, Spring to Mind. Basically, just how you can further yourself with regards to your sort of creative pursuits. One common theme seems to have come up repeatedly, which I which feel like I've connected with, is that you know, inspiration, it's not necessarily a myth, but I think just sitting down and getting on with it every day, that's how inspiration becomes apparent or how you find it. For me, I just sit down every day and I work on the music and I find that the inspiration comes uh, by me doing that. And I don't wait for inspiration to come. It's almost like I go and find it. I find other artists, their processes, and I find that really inspirational. So I spend a lot of time and just reading interviews and articles. Another author I really like called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I mean, I really love the example of uh, if you've got a team, a winning team and a losing team, a winning team and a losing team both have the goal of winning, right? So if the winning team and the losing team, and obviously there's going to be a winner, if they both have the same goal, then that's obviously not the, the, the factor that dictates who wins. So what is? Well, it's, as he points out, the systems. And I really like that idea that it's actually all the things that lead up to the goal. So, you know, setting uh, you know goals at the end of every year is, is great in some respects. But I think looking at how you're going to get to those goals and, and these sort of systems, as he describes it, is key. So that can be like, you know, workflow, like productivity. And, and one of those things leading into the, the piano thing, you know, basically started doing just 15 minutes of piano every day. I kind of practice maybe one or two pieces and then I just play around on some chords and, and I, hit, I hit record on my computer, so I record everything. And yeah, I mean, it's 15 minutes a day, which is a very small amount of time. And I'm known for things taking me a long, long period of time, you know, especially finishing tracks. But I've just sort of realized that you don't really need loads and loads of time in order to do something. You know, 15 minutes is such a small amount of time to dedicate to something each day. And actually, it's I think a lot of these ideas are probably going to form the backbone of my productions this year just finding myself just being able to write melodies instinctively and without too much thought process, which is kind of where I think some of the best work is created and the best art is created is almost in the unknown. You, know, you ask a lot of the uh, artists or creatives how they've created their best work and they'll probably tell you they're not too sure.
0: Yeah, state of flow. Yeah, and, uh, a state of
1: flow and they're just not thinking. You know, like, exactly. And, that's, and I think that's what I try to practice with, to some degree with the playing the piano for 15 minutes is just to, just to let it go where it wants to go.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, man. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with habits. They're just so powerful. Once you can kind of use them to your advantage, you can actually... Get so much done and it just becomes it's, it's, second it,
1: nature it, doesn't it that's to- it's so true mate I'd like the other thing i've done this year is i leave my phone out of the room and when i go to bed and when i wake up like my phone charges downstairs every night and that's that just goes without saying and the amount of time that i must i found myself saving mm. you know because when i get up in the morning i'm not lo- f- faffing around on my emails or checking my messages or instagram or anything i'm just like i just get up and get on with it and mm. little things like that can make a huge impact and i think you know i'm i'm trying to do things more and more that kind of lend lend itself to
0: just being more productive and less faffing around. Yeah, you, you're right. The, the phone is a, a massive distraction. Going back to how you were kind of, you were managing like the events uh, to kind of give you the funds to have time to make music. You mentioned traveling and being away as being like a as bit of a challenge, but what, what other challenges did you have during that time?
1: I mean, the, 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 I think the hardest thing is is obviously... Is like, if I'm away, when I come back and I say I've got two weeks off, it's quite hard to just, certainly I don't, I you know, although I can be quite excited to get back in the studio and start working on music again, once I get back in the studio, it doesn't always come straight away. It can take a couple of days. Sometimes not going to take a week for that kind of mm-hmm. momentum to start building again. Okay. And there's been the biggest frustration when I've literally come back for, say, two weeks and I've... Being in the studio for three or four days and I'm just not really getting anywhere but I just keep working mm. and press on and eventually when the, the inspiration starts to come and I start getting the momentum I've got to go off, go again to yeah. the next campaign so that can be really difficult it's stop and start yeah exactly and that's why I, I try to work on stuff to some to some extent when I'm away because then I'm keeping a bit of the momentum going but that's why at the moment I'm really trying to work on just you know certainly you know writing music is just write as quickly as possible you know have an idea and finishing it in like a day you know, two days tops and then come back to it and then give it that kind of polish that it needs but I spent something like two or three months working on like six or seven tracks between August and November December and And, you know, they haven't really been picked up. And I just thought, well, there's no point in spending loads and loads of time on, you know, on one particular project if it's not really going to get anywhere. So you might as well work on loads of different projects. If the idea is pretty crap in the first place, you might not be able to recognize that because you're so in amongst it, you know, sort of so wrapped up in it. But actually, when you take a step back from it and you realize actually that's a bit of a crap idea, there's not much point in me spending too much more, too much longer on it. And obviously you can still pull some of the ideas from that. Yeah. So nothing's wasted. No, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. And I don't think it's necessarily a waste of time either. I think, you know, even if you have a couple of days where you're just not getting anywhere with something, those hours are being counted towards something, even though it might not be obvious. Yeah, because you know
0: what you don't like as well. Yeah, totally. With the path you're on and pursuing, you know, something that's been a big part of your life for a long time, you know, your passion for music, what's like best parts?
1: Although I sort of I can be away a lot. I, I do go to a lot of, a lot of cool shows, you know, I work at a lot of really decent events in music and and the non-music kind of events i meet a lot of kind of like-minded people as well also i'm because when you're moving around all the time and different places and different jobs it never really gets too boring and if you have got yeah. a really boring job you know it's only going to last for a short period of time yeah. on the flip side to that when you've got a really good job and it's only going to last a couple of weeks you can be pretty good yeah. And then on the music front, yeah, it's definitely playing shows. You know, I I think uh, I just, I, I love performing. I've, I've performed since the age of like six or seven years old. And I think that's just sort of in my DNA to some degree. And, I, I you know, and I, it's really satisfying playing, you know, your own music out to a crowd and seeing the reaction, you know, something you've spent a lot of time working on and, and seeing people really enjoying it. That's a
0: really sort of satisfying feeling nice to kind of wrap up say if someone you know has like a passion or a hobby and they're not really sure how to kind of take it to the next level. What advice would you give to those kind of people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think is just, you know, keep putting the hours in. And yeah, I think also just, sort of, yeah, networking is definitely really, really key. Something that I've not always been great at. And I think it's something that I would have told myself for 10 years to be more on top of is if, if an opportunity comes your way, like really grab it and really try and use it to its fullest, because you know some of these opportunities, they definitely won't come around again. And I've certainly not made the most of certain opportunities, and mm. I, I, don't, I would never have any regrets. But I, I certainly could have used them, used them more, and I could have, you know, I could be in a different place now. So it's, I just think, you know, really by networking, you're creating opportunities, and then when those opportunities do come around, yeah, really, really grab them with two uh, two
0: arms. I think networking is so important, definitely. And taking those opportunities, like you say. And then what about managing finances? think it's just, you know, having like savings
1: and saving for a rainy day is so important, you know. Mm. I mean the one thing that I've started doing the past few years and it's and uh, you know, is is any payment that comes into my account, I basically, well I, I've gradually increased it, but I think it started at 15%. So any payment that came into my account, regardless of where it comes from, mm. the 15% gets taken out and put and I, you know, I've got a spreadsheet and I just siphon that off mm. and then it increased to 17.5%. I think this year is like 20%, even though the earnings aren't You know, amazing this year, but Mm -hmm. I think that the key is just to have that savings. And and the thing is, because my work, I you know, one month I might not work much, and so my earnings are right, real, really aren't aren't too high. And then the following Mm -hmm. month, you know, I might work thirty days in a month, so my you know my income's really high. But if I just have fifteen, if I have a percent, then Mm -hmm. it acts with the increase and decreases of my income. Whereas if I have a fixed rate of say, I'm going to say five hundred pound every month, if I have a month
0: where I'm not working much, that can be much more difficult yeah i've been doing that for a number of years it's i got the idea from rich dad poor dad by Robert. i Kiyosaki. think uh, really yeah, yeah i think that's maybe where i got it from it's, from well. uh, it's like paying yourself first so when you get your paycheck you pay yourself a set amount i, I usually pay myself yeah. at least what the tax man takes because i don't really? want to just work for the tax man but, uh, no. <laughs> yeah i think a percentage is really wise and yeah especially if you're kind of freelancing there might be that kind of insecurity when you're going to get the job so if you if you're always saving each paycheck that's that's a really good way to do it
1: yeah totally and it just it just means that actually you know i mean with savings if you've got a fair bit of savings and a job comes in and you've got enough to support yourself for a couple of months and you feel like you've got this project that is just really really important that you need to finish and a job comes in and you know, if you don't have the savings, you have to take the job. There's no question about it, and you have to sacrifice potentially that that really incredible project. Whereas, if you've got the savings in place, mm-hmm. you can just say, "Right, I'm going to dip into my savings. There, I'm not going to do the job, and I'm going to crack on with the project." And you know, who knows? That project could be the one that means that you're a full-time musician or a full-time creative. So, I think you're actually again creating more opportunities for yourself by having that that pot for a rainy day. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't honestly say that. Um, you know, if you if you want to be, uh, yeah, sort of a musician or DJ, you've really got to spend time doing the marketing and the advertising. You know, similar to what I was saying, I think, you know, siphoning off some time, maybe 10 or 15% of your time, say you've only got 10 hours a week or five hours a week to work on it, saying 10% of your time to work on your genres, I'd also do another 10, no, probably more, maybe 30 or 40% of your time if you really want to make a go of it doing your marketing so you know learning how to do video editing to post videos on instagram facebook learning about how to you know market yourself using facebook marketing instagram marketing i I think that there's a there's an audience for everyone like there's someone will you'll always find someone in the world who will like your stuff it's just a matter of finding them and i think that the more you learn about marketing advertising the more likely you are to find those people because you're going to reach more people in general there's nothing more frustrating than working on something that you, and you're really happy with it. And seemingly, a lot of people seem to like it, but just very few people know about it. And that's, that can be pretty tough.
0: Yeah, brilliant, man. So yeah, really good chatting, Henry. And uh, how can our listeners best connect with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash fluidityuk, and then also on Instagram, fluidityuk on there, and SoundCloud, fluiditydb, And then I've also got a Patreon page as well where I'm kind of teaching people doing various tutorials on sound design and bass design and drum processing and starting to get into sort of more music theory how to sort of learn the piano and things like that so those are the main platforms yeah i'm hopefully going to be sort of launching a new project maybe at the end of the end of the year maybe early next year so uh, yeah watch out
0: for that one as well yeah nice one yeah i'll put all the links in the show notes so our listeners can yeah connect yeah
1: nice one well thanks for having me on the show man i really appreciate it and uh, yeah it's been good chatting. Yeah, cheers,
0: Henry. Speak soon, mate. So there you have my interview with Henry Munton, a.k.a. Fluidity. Henry's passion for music started at a young age. His brother then got him into drum and bass. After he learned to DJ and then got into music production, he now has records out on some of the biggest labels in drum and bass. The best parts for Henry about doing what he does is being able to perform and see people enjoy his music. Performing's in his DNA. To enable him to have time to follow his passion for music, he works for some of the biggest brands like Samsung and Ford as an events manager to promote their brands. Working in this way, it does give him lots of flexibility, but it also can mean he can sometimes lose momentum when he has to go on a new job. Henry talks about how he keeps inspired, and I love one of the quotes that was, I don't wait for inspiration to come, I go and find it. He also likes reading about workflow and productivity. And he mentioned Atomic Habits by James Clear, where you focus on the systems and habits to achieve what you want. I also liked that he had the realization that he can make music a lot quicker than he thought. And he also sees the value in dedicating a small amount of time consistently to work on his craft. I like his advice of putting the hours in and networking to create opportunities. And also managing your finances as a freelancer so that if you do want to work on one of your personal projects, you can. You don't have to be forced into taking the next job because you need the money. To save, he recommends putting a percentage away each month as soon as you get paid. This means as a freelancer that you're consistently saving a good amount. And I also liked what he was saying about the self-promotion. If you're trying to make it as an artist or creative or just in business in general, being able to promote what you do and Spread the word is a valuable skill. If your goal for this year is to move on from that career where you're feeling fed up and bored every day, I'm looking to take on new clients and can help you find something more exciting. To find out more about how we could work together, send me a message on Facebook or LinkedIn to book a free 30-minute career change booster call. So book a call and I look forward to speaking to you soon. In the next episode, I'll bring on another special guest to help you on your career change journey. Thanks for listening to the You in 5 Years podcast. Keep moving forward, guys. Until next time.